it's such a thrill to be here and uh, it was so exciting to hear about how the youth had such a great time uh, in Mackay and that sort of thing and uh, I always get a little bit embarrassed. So I always, everywhere I go, I get honoured for starting Extreme and I, you know, and I left 17 years ago, you know, and uh, so it's nice, you know, sometimes you do things and everyone was, you know, just bags you out for it. So it's nice that this one, people think kindly of us, you know, so, um, but, you know, it's, it sounds like it's gone from strength to strength, which is awesome, and uh, God is doing great things. And I said in the first service today how actually uh, Gladstone, the youth here at Port City, actually helped us in the very beginning, because uh, I had a youth group that was as dead as a doornail, and uh, we spiritually dead, and we took them to a camp, and at the camp, uh, the youth group from Port City was up the front moshing and getting into God, and then my youth group started doing it, and we had some fire for the first time, and that year we started Extreme. Uh, so how good is it that it's all turned full, full circle and that sort of thing? It's wonderful. Uh, thank you so uh, much, Pastor James and Michelle, for inviting me back. Uh, it's, I think I've been here every year since 2011, praise God. Uh, and, uh, and it's so wonderful, uh, great friends in ministry, and uh, always love coming here to Gladstone and to speak at Port City. Uh, it's such a thrill to do it. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. Um, I'm going to read to you from Nehemiah chapter 4. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Nehemiah 4, 1 to 3. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Uh, Nehemiah 4, 1 to 3. Uh, and it says this. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, even even a fox goes up on it, he will bring down their stone wall. The title of my message today is called Under Attack. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray that you have to give us wisdom and discernment and courage. I thank you and praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so basically, uh, some of you, I think some of you were here in the first service and uh, said that today what I was going to do was like a mini conference uh, and do a different message at each service. And so uh, this is Nehemiah chapter 4, and I actually preached from Nehemiah chapter 1 uh, in the first service. And Nehemiah is basically a book, a, a book in the Bible all about the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem led by a man by the name of Nehemiah. And so in Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah gets a burden. He hears that the walls of Jerusalem are broken down. And he actually is stirred up to the point that he initiates their rebuilding. Uh, and they rebuilt the walls in 52 days. Now, interestingly enough, the walls had been probably broken down for up to 170 years. I mean, this story picks up 100 years after the, after the Jews had left captivity in Babylon. They're in captivity for 70 years. The walls of Jerusalem were probably broken down at the beginning of that point. So chances are they've been broken down for that long. Jerusalem was actually the Israelites' promised land. Yet here their promised land is in ruins. And then at the end of the 70 years, at the end of the 70 years of being in captivity, 50,000 Jews are now in their promised land. Yet two to three million Jews are actually across the world. So here they are, there's this remnant in their promised land, and yet the walls have been broken down, and they've been broken down for 170 years. I mean, outside the promised land was actually nicer than the promised land that they were actually experiencing. Have you ever had that happen? 
where you feel like you're supposed to be in God's promise, but it's not working, and it hasn't happened for a long time. For 170 years, that had broken down walls. And yet Nehemiah is the story of a man who was stirred up to lead God's people and see them rebuilt in 52 days. You know what that tells me? It tells me it doesn't matter how long you've waited. It doesn't matter how long you've waited for God's promise to come to pass. When God says it's time to see that promise fulfilled, there is nothing that can stop it. And here in Nehemiah, we see the story about Nehemiah who leads God's people to see the rebuilding of the walls. And so in chapter one, we see where the burden comes upon him. He gets this desire to do it. I mentioned in the first service how you can tell when a desire from you is a kingdom desire because you get a passion about something that actually doesn't affect you. Nehemiah's life was good. He was a cupbearer to the king. He was living in a palace, yet he had a passion about people that were living in a city of broken down walls. It's easy to get a burden when you've got an issue or struggling with a particular issue in your life. Everybody gets a burden about that. But when you get a burden about some other people, when your life is doing pretty good, I'm here to tell you that's a kingdom burden. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. He got a burden about a group of people that were suffering even though he wasn't. In Nehemiah chapter two, what happens is he actually now gets permission from the king to go and see the rebuilding of these walls. So he gets the resources allocated. He gets permission from the king. That's all in Nehemiah chapter two. In Nehemiah three, the rebuilding of the wall actually begins. What they do is they actually just start rebuilding. Uh, They actually start repairing the walls that were already there. They didn't knock it down and start again. If they had done that, it would have taken a lot longer than 52 days. But they were able to do it quickly because they repaired what was already there. As a side note, if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, you don't need to forever be uprooting and starting again. You don't need to be forever wiping out and starting afresh. Just take what God has given you and start building on that. And you'll be amazed at what happens. Everybody got involved in the rebuilding of those walls and the work begins in Nehemiah chapter 3. And we come to Nehemiah chapter 4. And some people aren't happy about it. Here are these guys, they see the rebuilding of these walls and they're not happy. I would have thought if you were doing something that God had called you to do, everyone would be happy about it. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that not everyone's happy about you doing God's will? Have you ever noticed when you're trying to do something significant for the kingdom of God, that actually the attack actually increases? That's actually what's happening here. These guys are about to rebuild the walls, starting to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and all of a sudden they get some opposition. I'm here to let you know, friends, that if you're about to rebuild a broken area of your life, if you're about to extend the kingdom of God in some area, I'm here to let you know that there will be some kind of opposition. It's not unusual to be experiencing that. Some of you right now are experiencing that where you're doing something for the kingdom of God, you're doing something that God has put in your heart and all of a sudden things are flaring up. That's a sign that actually you could be very well in the very middle of the will of God. If you find yourself in every situation like that, if you find yourself with a burden to be someone who's a wall rebuilder, want to see something shifted toward God's will, then there will be times when you get some kind of spiritual opposition. If that is you, then I want you to remember what I've got to share with you today. Because I want to talk to you about different facets of spiritual attack. This, this whole chapter has a lot of indications of what happens when a spiritual attack happens. And so I want to talk to you today about six facets of this particular spiritual attack 
that can help us when we're experiencing opposition when we're doing the will of God. The first thing is this, the origins of the attack. The origins of the attack were because they were planning to build. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1, look at this, it says, But so it happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. They were just starting. They were just thinking about it. And already they're getting mocked. Just deciding to do the will of God in your life means that you could actually stir up some kind of opposition. Don't be surprised that not everybody's happy when you're about to step into the will of God. Don't be surprised when other people actually rise up or the enemy rises up to try and stop you or to put you down from walking into the will of God. A classic example of this is Joseph in the Bible in Genesis. Joseph had 11 brothers. He was the son of, he was the son of um, Judah. He was the son of Israel. Uh, sorry, not the son of Judah. That was his brother. Uh, he was the son of Israel, son of Jacob. And he actually had a dream and he had these dreams and two dreams. And in the dreams, he basically saw his family bowing down to him as a leader. And he made the mistake of telling them. The dream was from God. I would have thought, you go, man, God's given me this dream. He gets his brothers in. I can imagine one of my sons saying it's one of his brothers. I've just had this dream. I'm going to lead the lot of you. <laughs> you would have, th- <laughs> they were not happy, man. <laughs> they got so upset. Oh, he would have regretted it because they got so upset. Some, most of them wanted to kill him and they ended up throwing him into, uh, they, getting him sent off and sold into slavery just because he had the thought about doing something great. Make no mistake, just by having the thought of it, just by beginning, you'll be amazed at what happened. A number of years ago in 2005, we left Mackay and I was about to go to Brisbane to start a Bible college in Brisbane. I had a month off in between. And so I'm from Melbourne. So I went down and spent, uh, Trish and I went and spent a month down in Melbourne with my family before going to Brisbane to start this Bible college, uh, which was called Planet Shakers College. And I remember at the time I was catching up with some old mates of mine uh, in Melbourne and uh, I was talking to them and one of the guys comes up to me and he says he goes Ben tell me what you're going to go and do again he said oh I said oh yeah I'm going to Brisbane to start this Bible college and he said oh that's right I knew you're going to do something you're totally underqualified to do <laughs> I was even I hadn't even started yet it was just the beginning Clearly, and I'm thank, glad I didn't listen to him because since then there's been thousands of students come to that college and there's people now in ministry all over the place. But just even having the thought, just the beginning, you're actually stirring up some opposition. That's why one of the commitments I've made in my life is that I'm not going not to be a dream thief of other people. If someone has a dream, I'm not going to be that guy to try and bring them somehow down to reality. In fact, that's not actually my job. It's none of our jobs because reality will do that for them. We don't need to be that kind of person. I've had plenty of times when people have told me and shared from their heart something that they've, got, that they've had in their heart. And I'll be honest with you, there's been times I've thought they were dead set crazy. But I thought, I'm not going to tell them that because I could be wrong. And I don't want to be that guy that they get up one day and actually start talking about. <laughs> I remember one time I was, a, uh, I was at a church, I was a campus pastor, and I went and visited one of our um, connect groups. And it was a young adults connect group. There's about 20 guys in there, and, and they're all sharing. And one of the girls said, she goes, listen, um, 
I've got something to share. And this was about 2007, something like that. And, and there was a bad drought at the time, if you remember. And she said, God's really spoken to me. He's given me a song. And if I sing this song, it's going to end the drought. And everyone did exactly what you just did then. They're just sitting there. And the leader of the connect group looks at me and says, uh, Pastor Ben. <laughs> and everyone's staring at me like, what do you do? This is just so off the wall. And, and I said, oh, well, we'll have at it. Have at it. If you've got a song that's going to end it, you better sing it. And so she closes her eyes and starts singing this song. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, you know. And, and four years later, my house flooded. And um, uh, <coughs> look, it was it was strange, but I'm not going to be that guy. It's not my job to go around and pop in people's bubbles, because you'll be amazed at the time when they're actually right, and you just never know. Let's not be those kind of people that feel it's our just because maybe we've given up on our dreams that we're going to be the kind of people to get them to give up on theirs. Because you just never know, someone might be crazy enough to decide, you know those walls that have been broken down for 170 years? I'm going to rebuild them in 52 days. And you'll be amazed at what happens. The origins of the attack was because they were planning to build. The reason for the attack is because they were building successfully. The attack ramped up. Nehemiah chapter 4, 6 to 8 says, So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people that are mine to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. You would have thought that it's working. You heard from God it's happening you would have thought that the people wanting to attack you would stop. But it actually didn't happen. They actually ramped up. It actually got worse. Why? Because they were actually being successful. Make no mistake, there are times when you're doing what God wants you to do. You're saying you want to repair that marriage. You're saying you're wanting to fix that business. You're saying you want to start that ministry. And then all of a sudden, people think it's crazy. It's not going to work. And then it starts actually happening. You'll be amazed at how people actually still, and the enemy still wants to ramp up the attack because you were successful. There was a girl in our youth group in Mackay and she moved down to Melbourne and she married a great young man and, um, and I went and, uh, and I was in Melbourne one time and, and, they wanted, and they came and saw me when we went out for dinner. And they were sharing with me how God had put it on their heart to actually start this business. It was a social enterprise. What they wanted to do was sell bottled water and use the proceeds of those funds to actually build water, uh, build wells in impoverished nations overseas. And so they had this idea. He showed me the scripture he was going to use, that God spoke to him from. And they were going to actually start a business, and the business was going to be called Thank You Water. And so you may have heard of Thank You Water. And so it was a social enterprise started by a Pentecostal couple, young couple. And so they started it, and, and it took a while to get going, but eventually it started getting a bit of traction. And they started again. And there was one particular chain of stores that they were able miraculously to get their water in to sell. And at that time, all of us, and then after doing that, 
all of a sudden, some of the stores started contacting them and, start, and started trying to get them out of their stores. And they found out what happened. Coca-Cola, Schweppes and that sort of thing weren't happy about the competition. And so they started putting pressure on the stores to get thank you water out of it. I would have thought they would have been supportive. But who knows that just because you're doing well doesn't mean everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. Praise God in the end, it didn't work. And Thank You Water raised, raised, raised millions of dollars and were able to uh, create a lot of wells overseas. But make no mistake, the reason for the attack, uh, the reason for the attack is because they were building successfully. The purpose of the attack was to stop them from building. Nehemiah 4.11 says this, Our adversary said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. Cause the work to cease. The whole, the reason why they're getting attacked was to stop them from actually doing what they were supposed to be doing. When you're doing something that God's called you to do, you can see a spiritual attack, attack flare up. And you think to yourself, well, if I stop, I'm actually going to stop the attack. So maybe I should stop doing that. But if you're doing that, you're actually doing what the devil wants you to do. So the whole, re the whole purpose for it was to actually stop them from actually from rebuilding the walls. Uh, so what that means is this. If you quit, you lose. If you give up, you're actually giving in. A uh, number of years ago, I was an itinerant minister and I was traveling and speaking and used to come here every year. And, and I remember at the time, when you're doing that, you're living by faith and often you're living by week to week uh, with your income. And you're just essentially living off the generosity of the places that you go and speak at. And, and I had a really unusual year about seven years ago where I lost a lot of money for three main reasons. Reason number one, I was getting sick all the time. I was getting the flu all the time and I was getting so sick that I had to cancel engagements. Uh, and if you don't preach, then, you know, you obviously don't get um, any resource. And then not only that, I had a number of churches cancel me uh, at the last minute and uh, they would rebook for later on in the year. But the problem was it was too short notice for me to fill the cancellation and so obviously, and then I wouldn't get paid that week. And then not only that, there were some places, and we didn't have any arrangements or contracts or anything like that, but there were some places that when I would go and minister for them, uh, and that was what I was doing, I was living by faith off that, uh, I wouldn't get anything when I would go and speak there. And I just had an unusual year where I lost a lot of money because of that. I started taking that as a sign that maybe God wanted me to stop. And so I was praying about it and I said, Lord, is this a sign that you're wanting me to change season, that you want me to stop itinerant? Is this a sign from you because I'm getting sick, people aren't paying and they're cancelling me? Is that a sign that I'm supposed to stop? And as I was praying, I just felt the Lord speak to me and he said, he goes, we don't let the devil and other people decide when we stop. He said, we don't let other people's lack of integrity decide whether you follow the will of God. And he said, we stop when you and I say, decide we stop. And I thought, oh, okay. And so I said, no, I'm 
not going to stop just because of that. In fact, I think that's the whole reason why my attack, my health was getting attacked, why my resources were getting attacked, because the enemy wanted me to stop. So I made a decision, no, I'm not stopping till I feel like stopping. And so we continued on and God was gracious to us over the next few years. And we continued on until the point came where I thought, I actually want to stop now. And that was the time when we did. The whole reason for the attack was to actually get you, was to get them to stop from building. If you quit, you lose. If you give up, you're actually giving in. You've got to keep building because that's the whole reason why the attack is coming. I had another issue a couple of years ago where one of my sons was running away a lot, running away all the time. And at one point he was running away up to five days at a time. Uh, And he was 14 years of age and that sort of thing. And uh, we were having a lot of challenges with him. And I got to the point where I thought, I need to probably take some time off, probably take a few months off and try and sort out what's actually going on. Now, I'm not sure if I would have done anything. It was so hard situation that was beyond our control in many ways and that sort of thing. But it was a really, really tough season. I remember at that time, my dad rang me up and he said, Ben, whatever you do, unless you absolutely have to, don't stop ministering. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, I know what God, I know all the breakthroughs that God is doing in the church. He said, I believe that this is a spiritual attack that you giving up would be doing what, what uh, would be going against what God wants you to do. And so I said, okay. And so there were some times I had to stop and take care of things and that sort of thing. But I realized at the time, stopping wouldn't have been the solution because stopping was the very reason for, why, of, for doing what we were doing was the very reason for that attack. The fourth thing, the fourth, re, uh, the fourth thing about the attack is that the nature of the attack was from many angles, the nature of the attack. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 12 says this, So it was when the Jews who dwelt near near them came that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. From whatever place you turn, from every angle, the attack is coming. If you're getting attacked from every angle, all these unrelated areas of your life flaring up at the same time. Let me tell you right now, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. The nature of the attack was from many angles. The enemy attacks at certain times, sometimes just before a breakthrough, sometimes at the beginning of something, sometimes just before something significant's about to happen. If, that's ha- if you're getting attacked from every side, then I'm here to let you know that that's actually a spiritual attack. The nature of the attack was actually from many angles. That's when you can tell it's actually coming from the enemy. I remember a few months ago, I had uh, this unusual thing in the space of one week, sorry, in the space of four days, three major things happened. The first one was, oh, sorry, four major things happened. One of the things I can't talk about publicly, but on the same day that that happened, uh, I had a phone call from one of my sons, my oldest son, and he was crying on the phone. And basically what happened, he was playing soccer in Brisbane and he ruptured his ACL, uh, did his, injured his knee. So I had to drive into Brisbane to go and get him. The ne- uh, two days later, my business manager, who runs all the businesses of the church, we have three cafes, we have four outside school hours cares, we've got 98 staff, we've got, um, you know, we've got four care arms, that sort of thing. The guy who runs all of that, he's driving down the M1 out of nowhere, he still doesn't know what happened. His brakes failed. He flipped his car on the M1 
at 100 kilometres an hour. And thank God he only ended up having a broken sternum. Uh, he's lucky he's alive. And the next day, one of my major executive staff members resigned very suddenly. It happened all in the space of a few days. And so then we had a crazy few months and that sort of thing. At the time, I'd been asked, uh, because in our movement, in our denomination, the ACC, um, our state president, Pastor John Hunt, had told everyone that he was standing down at the, the conference coming up in a couple of weeks. And I had a lot of people ask me, I'm the vice president, had a lot of people ask me whether I should, you know, saying, telling me that they wanted me to run for the president's job. And right at that time, all these things happened. I was crazy, I was so busy. All these things that were obviously individual issues for all those people, but they were all things that actually affected me. I remember at the time thinking to myself, I may not have time to go and do the state president's job. Look at all, the, all these things I'm doing. And I was so tempted to decline and say, no, I'm not going to, you know, maybe I'm too busy to actually do the job. At the end of May, I'm at a state executive meeting and they're doing the nominations. And so everyone's nominating. And I really felt, you know, the guy said, Ben, would you nominate for state president? And I said, look, okay, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I signed the piece of paper. The next day, everything changed. The next day, peace. Ever since then, I've had a fantastic few months. Ever since then, everything's freed up. Everything since then, I'm like, man, this is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to becoming president. All these things have happened. And I look back at it now and I realise these attacks from every angle all came to stop me writing the piece of paper. And the day that we did, it all dissipated. I'm here to let you know that when it comes from many angles, that's a sign that's actually from the enemy. The fifth thing is this. The response to the attack was to keep building, but also be prepared for some fighting. Nehemiah 4, 17, 18. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. I'm not a very handy person. Not very good at construction. But I do know this. I reckon it would be a lot easier to build with two hands. Not have a weapon in one and a, and a building tool in the other. I would have thought I've got to focus on one. I can't do it. Now, obviously, if you've got a nail gun, maybe you could do a bit of both. You know what I'm saying? But they were building with one hand, ready to fight with the other. If they only built, they could be exposed to the attack. If they only fought, they'd have to stop the building and God that called them to do the building. So for a season, it wasn't for the duration of the rebuilding of the wall. But for a season, they had to keep building, but be prepared for some fighting. How do we do that? Keep doing what God has called you to do, but get ready to fight. How do we fight? Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What does that mean? When you're building and you're doing something that God is calling you to do, an attack is coming, you should be praying like never before. 
You should be spending time in God's Word like never before. Maybe that's a great opportunity, great time to start doing, using some of the weapons that He's given us. Start doing some fasting. Start even coming up. You're doing, I didn't realize that you've got a significant offering coming up. The Bible says that when we actually give to the house of God, God rebukes the devourer. It's actually an act of warfare. Maybe as God tells you to do that, that is your way of having an act of warfare, whatever it is. We've got to keep building, but we've also got to be fighting. We've got to be actually getting into God. God like never before, but don't stop the work that God is calling you to do. Because when the enemy comes, he's coming to get you to distract you and to stop you. So you've got to keep building. That's why there's so often a temptation to say, okay, I've got to put that aside and focus on this. But if you do that, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. But if you only do this, there's some things you don't dissipate because of the prayer. I'm here to let you know prayer is powerful. Spending time in God's Word is powerful. You can get things done in an hour of prayer that you may not be able to get done any other way. I remember when we took over King's Church, one of the greatest issues was its financial situation. And we had a lot of strategies to try and resolve it and to fix it and that sort of thing. But one of the other things we were doing is we were praying all the time. I remember one time I had a prayer meeting and it was basically just three of the elders turned up to it. And so we started praying and we prayed for an hour. So I said, listen, let's just pray in the Holy Spirit uh, for 15 minutes. And that's a good way to knock over the first 15 minutes. And so, so we just started praying in the Holy Ghost for 15 minutes. And, but at the 10 minute mark, I had a vision. And in the vision, I saw the four of us standing on a bedrock, really thick bedrock with detonators, dynamite detonators on each corner. And I said, something's happening. I said, let's keep praying in the Holy Spirit. We prayed in the Holy Spirit for 50 minutes, just walking around, not praying with the understanding. Sometimes when you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, a lot of time you don't know what you're praying for. You speak in mysteries under God, but you're praying about things that can shift things in the Spirit that you don't realise. And so for 50 minutes, we were praying in the Holy Spirit. At the end of that time, I just saw a vision of us. We had pushed down and we saw this, I saw this big bedrock shift. And I said, something's just happened. I don't know what it is, but something's just happened. Within the space of a couple of months, our financial situation turned around. They'd lost hundreds of thousands of dollars over the previous five years. And then all of a sudden flipped. And ever since then, we've been making hundreds of thousands of dollars of profit. And things have shifted and things have moved. And if I can look back at a moment that moved something on God's behalf to see the rebuilding of the walls in that place, it was actually that time when we prayed, when we got that weapon out and we started praying and we saw a release of resource in the Spirit of God and things shifted in our situation. If you're rebuilding, if you're seeing, wanting something to move, whether it be in your family, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be in your business, yes, keep building and do the practical things, but also get ready to start some fighting and pray and seek the Lord and beat back the enemy as you rebuild and do what God has called you to do. And the last thing is this. The failure of the attack is that it didn't slow or stop the building. I would have thought if you're under attack, it'd slow you down. But it didn't. Nehemiah chapter 6.15 says this. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul, 52 days. Up to 170 years, nothing, 52 years done. 52 years done building with one hand, 50, sorry, 52 days. 52 days rebuilt with one hand. 52 days rebuilt with an opposition 
wanting to kill you. But that opposition didn't slow down or stop the rebuilding of that wall. I've got to, I want to, I've got to declare something over some people today. The enemy is not going to slow down or stop the rebuilding of that thing in your life. The enemy is not going to slow down and stop what God is doing in your life. You might find that there's opposition coming, but I'm here to let you know that it is not going to slow down or stop what God is doing. One of the projects that we did at our church when we took over, when we took over, there were some unfinished projects that hadn't been done. And, and I felt the Lord say that focus on those unfinished projects before you actually do new projects. One of the unfinished projects was at our church, there was an external forecourt and there was some shade, shade sails and that sort of thing, but they were temporary, they were tattered and torn. And, and our building, it's basically a school auditorium, so there's no foyer inside as such. It's kind of like that outdoor area is the foyer, but it was just tattered and torn. And I noticed that there was some, there was some areas on the floor, on the ground outside, where there were circles with caps on them. And I asked someone, I said, what is that? And they said, oh, years ago, we took up an offering to actually redo this forecourt, but we didn't have enough money. All we did was put the footings in the ground. And I said, how long ago was that? And it was like five years before. And it was unfinished. And a lot of people in the church knew that. And I really felt we need to finish that project. And we had members of our church board and school board say the same thing. And, and so we decided we're going to complete the rebuilding of this forecourt because it was like it's some, it was an incomplete project. It was something that was supposed to be done that wasn't done. As a school, we have three schools and we have building projects all the time. And there's one guy who oversees that, a guy named Peter Murphy. He's over all our capital works. And I was talking to him and his job was to rebuild the forecourt. And we said to him, listen, can you get it done by Easter 2021? Easter 2021. He goes, oh, I should be done, no problem by then and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and at the time, all these things happened. I remember talking to him and he said to me, he goes, I've never had so many delays or problems with any building project like this four-core project. He goes, it's almost like the devil doesn't want to get it done. I said, that's right, because it's a broken down wall. It's something that needs to be fixed. And, and so I would talk to him and I'd say, hey, listen, how are we going, Pete? We're going to be ready by Easter. He goes, yeah, and then, and then it would like rain for five weeks and all these sort of things and there's delays in supplies and I said, how are we going, Pete? He goes, we'll be right, we'll be right, okay, okay, okay. And I thought, there's no way it's going to get done and it ended up being twice the price what we thought it was going to be. But in the end, come wash up, Easter 2021, it was finished the weekend before and we were able to do it. He said, I've never had so many problems. I've never had so many opposition. But here's the thing, it still didn't slow down what God was doing, amen? And I'm here to let you know, regardless of the problems, regardless of the issues, when you're rebuilding the wall spiritually, when you're doing something that God's called you to do and there's opposition, I'm here to let you know it is not going to slow down or stop what God is doing in your life. There are some people in this place that right now, you know that there's attack coming at you from every angle because you have stepped out into doing something that God has called you to do. You're rebuilding a broken, you're rebuilding a broken down wall. I want to prophesy over you today. It will not stop or slow down the rebuilding of what God has called you to do. Amen. As you keep building and keep prepared to keep fighting, you will see the victory in Jesus' name. And so if you are in this place today and you're saying, Ben, that's where I am right now. Right now, this is something happening in my life. If that is you, I want to pray for you and declare over you then in the face, even if there's opposition around trying to slow you down and stop you, it will not be able to slow you down and stop you.
So can I just get you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. If that is you today, you're saying, that's me, Ben. I'm in a situation like that. It's like there's things coming at me from every side, from every angle right now. And it's all coincided with this thing that I'm stepping out into. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. There's many hands there. It's a breakthrough day for you. It's a breakthrough day for you. You needed to hear this word today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person with their hand raised. And I declare over them that there will nothing will slow down or stop the rebuilding of that broken part of their life. Nothing will slow down, delay or stop the rebuilding of what you've put in their hearts. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you that even for some, they're about to cross the finishing line. They're about to breast the tape, so to speak, and they're gonna be able to step into a new season, that that season of peace is about to be stepped into as they cross the line and finish off this thing. I thank you for, I pray for those that need your strength, that those that need your joy, that those that need your fire, for those that need miracles, whatever it is, for those that need resource, I release it and declare right now in Jesus' name. And nothing is gonna slow down or stop what you're gonna do through their lives. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Pray, why don't you give the Lord a hand of praise? He's awesome. Church, could you stand to your feet for a moment? I'm about to hand over to Pastor James and, In the first service, we talked about Nehemiah getting a burden when his life was pretty good. And I think of Port City Church, a significant church, a strong church, a flagship church, a heritage church, a church that's not going anywhere, mate, not a fly-by-night church, a church which has good resources in a good place. I just heard the Holy Spirit say, Pastor James, that God's gonna put you a, put a burden on this house for places that are in need. That God's gonna put a burden on this house, a passion. Here is fine, everything's good. But God's gonna put a passion for other parts of the kingdom where they need something like Port City Church to come in and help them to rebuild their broken walls. Father, I thank you for the influence of this church is about to extend. I thank you that the influence of this church is about to spread. I thank you for the influence of this church is going to be widening, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, your word says the way of, the, uh, the way of life winds upward for the wise. And I thank you, Lord, there's gonna be a winding upward of influence for this house, Lord. Because just like Nehemiah, they're set and they're fine, but they're ready for a burden to rebuild broken walls in other places. I thank you for what's about to come. I thank you for the influence of this house that's about to spread like never before. I thank you, it's already a lighthouse in this community, but I thank you, Lord God, it's gonna be a church of influence beyond the borders of this town. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, say amen. amen. And let's give the Lord a hand of praise. He's awesome. Come on, but we just uh, sing this song as we close today. Let God be God in our hearts and lives. So much.